When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Not too much, man. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the uh, last few weeks of the NBA season. Uh, Interested to see who's uh, actually going to pull it out this year. It seems like it's wide open. It's been kind of a strange year. Lots of scoring, um, which I think we're going to be talking about a little bit more in the future. But um, tonight we are going to have our long-awaited final episode looking at the Hall of Players, Hall of Famers, the Hall of Players. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, it, I mean, it is. It, it's You're not wrong. You're not right, players. but you're not, not wrong. wrong so. There you go. Exactly. Uh, that have played for each NBA franchise, of course. You know, obviously, you know that uh, Shaquille O'Neal played for the Orlando Magic and uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, but you might have forgotten. Oh, yeah, he played here for the uh, Boston Celtics or ones that are a little bit more obscure um, and uh, that are fun to talk about. So some uh, some minutia in here. And we uh, part three, we are going to talk about uh, the NBA uh, since right around the time of the merger. One team is uh, actually just before that merger, but that basically the post merger era of the NBA, which is basically now half of more than half of the NBA's history, which is kind of weird. Yeah, to think <laughs> uh, it's pretty wild. And, and I think it should be noted as well. Uh, for for people that were following along with the other two episodes uh, of this series, that we do have a new uh, basketball Hall of Fame class as well, the twenty twenty three yeah uh, finalists. So it, we do it's know a, it's not the class; it's the it's the finalist for oh the, the final right 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 yes. sorry yes. So although I believe I mean all five people within the, yeah, it seems yeah. like it'd be a tough class if you're like nah, right. sorry. Greg Popovich, we just don't see yeah. enough in the resume to get you in there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> I don't know, yes. Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Right. Your career so, really tailed off there. He's like, what? right, right. I mean, you said you were a third, you said you were three alphas, but honestly, two and a half alphas at best. You know, <laughs> right, right. So, you guys promised like six or eight championships and you, you only won two. Right. So, uh, you yeah, know, so, we got to call exactly. a spade a spade here, pal. It's, we do. We do. And that Maybe Bulls run, year. that Bulls run. No, I, I, and I agree. No. I'm in agreement with uh, the right. Hall of Fame committee that uh, because Dwayne Wade played on the Bulls and the Cavaliers, uh, and played so horribly on both those teams that he does not belong right. in, uh, in the basketball. Hall oh, right? so wow. Man, it's it's bold. It's bold. But I mean, you know, yeah, the, you have to weigh the good with the bad, too. And if it's going to be that yeah. bad, it takes I away mean, some of the good years, too. So I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. The facts of life taught us this, that you have to take the good and the bad. So. <laughs> right. 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 You only take the good yeah. with the Hall of Fame. Well, let's take the bad, right. you know? Let's take the bad, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. So the five that have NBA 
ties who are among the finalists, Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, Greg Popovich. would be very surprised if any of them did not make it. I guess I'm not like 100% sure that they're going to put in Tony Parker. I would imagine so. But I think everyone else is pretty much slam dunk. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we will um, we'll give a little bit a, a uh, all these players uh, have associations with these uh, with the current teams we're going to be talking about. So we'll um, talk about them all a little bit. But first, we are going to start with the Utah Jazz. Again, technically pre-merger, but just right before everyone else is post-merger. So the illustrious Hall of Famers who have played for the Utah and New Orleans Jazz. We got Bernard King. Played 19 games in the 1980 season. <laughs> not a good situation for either one. Had to go into rehab. Uh, ended up reviving his career later, but not uh, not a great uh, spot for him at that time. Uh, not a great spot for that franchise who just moved to Utah. Uh, Walt Bellamy played one game for the expansion Jazz in 1975. <laughs> he had enough in New Orleans after one game. Was like, yeah, peace out. I'm old. I don't want <laughs> yeah, to be this anymore. place kind of stinks. Yeah. And I'm done playing the NBA too. You know yeah. I mean? like so, he was, he yeah. looked around and said, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Lots I've of had jazz, a good but, life, but yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There you go. So I think uh, I'm all right. Yeah, nice. it's just I mean, it, I guess he probably had a couple more years in him. I mean, he this is a, he played he got six points and five boards in 14 minutes. Like that's still a yeah. There you go. Exactly. A, yeah. It's not a bad game, and he had averaged like 13 you know points per game the year prior. I think, what yeah. did New Orleans do to this man? <laughs> like, good God, I don't know. He was just man. like, nope. Yeah. Done. Maybe just like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll hang out and I'll you know I'll listen to some jazz, but I'm not. The, yeah, yeah, maybe he. Know. Yeah, I don't know. It was probably just I like, know. I mean, there yeah. was very few more depressing teams than the New Orleans Jazz during you know that that run where he's probably there. It's probably right. this big arena with like ten people in it, and he's just like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And they were depressing. Yeah, they just started. That was their first game. Well, so. it didn't get great. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, right. I I yeah. would disagree. I think it was depressing from day one. But uh, all right, yeah, but okay. but he did. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted. Uh, went out on top. Maybe this is it too. He hit all of his shots and all of his free throws and was like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. Why not? You know, get that get that overall win percent, the overall field goal percentage. You know, higher. Yeah. Than, you know, so he's like, yeah, right. You got to think of those career marks. You know, he's <laughs> right, in the Hall right. of Fame. You can't argue against. It. Yeah, uh, we got Rick Adelman, of course, who's in as uh, coach. Also played for the '75 uh, Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Spencer Haywood, 34 games with the 1979 New Orleans Jazz. Last year they were in. <laughs> See, that's what I'm uh, saying. It's it's the Jazz. They're yeah. so depressing, right? Yeah. So we got Gail Goodrich, uh, played 182 games from 1977 to 1970. Um, Pete Maravich, of course, fam- most famous uh, jazz, you know, pre-Stockton Malone, of course, um, played from 75 to 80, mostly in New Orleans, did, did play a little bit in Utah, which did not go well. Uh, Adrian Danley, uh, who d- d- helped revive the, well, the, well, I guess, revive, like, um, give some indication that they were actually good at one point. <laughs> just, yeah, re- you know, make them uh, actually competent made, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. So made them actually a good team, did a lot of scoring and um, brought respectability to the Utah Jazz uh, from 1980 to 1986. And then, of course, we got John Stockton and Carl Malone. Um, we did a lot in uh, that time. I will talk a little bit more about them um, in our what if scenario. So. Uh, Hall of Famers who were drafted or acquired but never played for the Jazz. We got a big one, Dominique Wilkins. 
Yeah, thank God. I I, I know they were in uh, Utah by that point, but uh, yeah, I hope I hope he didn't get yeah. a similar situation where he just like, looks around and is like, eh, I'm good. I'll uh, figure something else uh, to do with my uh, life. Uh, like, look, they could have robbed yeah. us, or it could have went the other way, and it could have been really awesome if Dominique Wilkins was on the Jazz and and, and whatnot. But right. uh, yeah, that's that's right. always an odd one. The Dominique Wilkins, uh, a, a Jazz player, but uh, never quite, uh, sure. eh, never quite made it over there, which is is no. is probably for the better. Atlanta was a much better spot for for one. That, it did fit pretty well, you know, being the University of Georgia guy. So, all right. We got the the possible future Hall of Famers who have played for the Jazz. Uh, we don't actually have a lot. We, well, Joe Johnson is right at 50% who played, of course, for basically every team in the NBA. We've talked about him already a whole lot. Uh, and then, yeah, other guys you might think about on this list. Uh, Rudy Gobert is about 20%. Uh, Darren Williams, 9.5%. Uh, Donovan Mitchell right now is at about 4%. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is the you know, like. It would take a lot, but like I could see him. He's still young enough. He's like, yeah, he's definitely on that path. I mean, the problem is you would have probably yeah. said the same thing about Darren Williams, but it does seem Donovan Mitchell, barring right. you know, losing yeah. his legs like Darren Williams, where he just woke up one day and was like, "My legs don't work anymore." Uh oh. Yeah. Um, no, Donovan feels like he's going to continue to add to that and add to that and add to that. And you would probably say the same about Rudy Gobert, but you know, given how things have gone in Minnesota, uh, and Gobert's a lot older too. I mean, Gobert's yeah, like thirty. Right, right. like twenty five, twenty six. I mean, Mitchell's right, still, right, I mean, right. Yeah, it's up in the air, but like. He certainly can do it. Uh, I, I don't think it'll take long before Donovan's probably eclipsing Rudy Gobert. Maybe a couple more years of of, of Donovan, yeah. especially the year he's had and and the years right. it, it seems like he will have in Cleveland. You know, with everything working out as well as it has, uh, he feels like he's gonna he's gonna rise up that ranks uh, a, a bunch. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then we got Andre Carolina. Carlos Boozer, who are both under 1%. Kirilenko, I could kind of see, you know, with the international experience. I don't, I don't know. It's been a while, so you would kind of think if they would have put him in, they would have put him in. But he might, you know, be like a veterans committee guy or international um, guy at some point. I could I could see that, but, you know, other than that, probably not good again. Yeah, really cool career, but, yeah, probably probably not to that level. And, and, and Boozer's an interesting one because uh, I do wonder if, like, you know, there's not a lot of guys that are in there because, like, you know, we, we laugh at some guys and it's like, oh, why is that? You know, like right. Mitch Richmond's one that I was bringing up. I'm like, ah, yeah. yeah. But, but like you look at his college stuff and it's like, oh, OK, that, that, I'll buy that in a little bit. Boozer is a guy that like if he got in, it would be like very, very, very much on the back of his college career, which was really good. He had a very, very good college career. It's not our show, obviously, to uh, to speak on that. But, you know, not something we do. But he had a very, very good college career, a very you know memorable college career. Would that be enough to get him in? Uh, I would. I, he's going to need a lot of work there, I, I, you know, under one percent. He, 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 it's not that good of a college career to get him in there, right? Yeah, I mean, there aren't really that many guys who are not who like if you took their college career out, you wouldn't put them in. There's like exactly, a very exactly. small number of guys. Like, there's certainly guys whose college career bol- bolsters them, like you know, Bill Wall. Like Bill Wall, of course, course. one of the greatest college players, and and had an excellent NBA career, but cut short, you know, uh, because of the injuries, of course. But uh, and like Ralph Sampson, you know, maybe a couple of guys, and and mostly it's like they were great in the NBA, but they didn't have longevity because of injuries. So that's that's a relatively small number of um, people. It's more the college coaches who get it easy, you know. Right, for sure. Yeah. So, all right. What if scenario? Best what if scenario? So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go like all right. let's, Let's say the the team decides on. Picking a new name instead of the Jazz, it's more appropriate for Utah. So there's uh, there's the story that basically, and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to share it anyway, um, that basically the reason that they kept the Jazz name is because they, you know, so strapped for cash or so cheap that they, like, didn't, uh, couldn't afford or didn't want to buy new uniforms. So they stuck with the same 
jazz uniforms that they'd had in uh, New Orleans, and then obviously, kept. so you know, I don't know what what names are appropriate. You got you maybe like the Peaks, the the Settlers, the Pioneers, the Stars, which like wouldn't necessarily be more appropriate, but obviously would have continued the legacy of the ABA team, the Stars, who were, you know, were really good in the '70s and had you know some level of popularity in the city. So, and yeah, also like the other, the other one is like, uh, we already talked about Dominic Wilkins coming to the jazz. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Wilkins and Adrian Dantley on the same team. Would that have been cool? Probably a lot of scoring. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, Dominic may have punched him out (laughs) at one point where Adrian taking some shots and Dominic's like, I'm Dominic Wilkins. So you can pass me the ball every so often if you want uh, AD, but you know, you do, you know, a few passes. Maybe maybe they're like the, uh, yeah, maybe they're just like another version of the uh, Nuggets where they just, you know, they don't care about defense and they just, you know, yeah. uh, yeah, so uh, that would have been cool. No, I mean, undoubtedly, two yeah. cool dudes uh, on a pretty cool team there. Uh, yeah, as far as the Jazz name, I mean, it it's weird that like it doesn't make any sense and it, it's it's dumb and like, they should yeah. have changed it. But, but like it also exactly. is. Yeah, it, I, I don't want any other name though. Like the idea I, of them being like the Utah Settlers or whatever. That and, right. and I'm just picking a random name. Sure. I, I don't know. It just doesn't. The Utah Jazz just kind of works for me. I don't know why, and it's probably just because that's how I grew up and that's what I know. But sure. uh, yeah, I don't want them to be a different name. I, I, I I've yeah. I've kind of learned to love the, the the Utah Jazz. I don't know why. Yeah, I do kind of like the whole like the name that doesn't make any sense with the city. I, I kind of like there's there's a vibe about that that I. Kind of like, obviously, with I mean, the Lakers, no one even really thinks about that with the Lakers anymore just because it's such an iconic, you know, idea of a franchise. You know, people don't think about the incongruity there. But, uh, yeah, Utah Jazz, I mean, you know, there is a little bit of like, uh, you know, okay, yeah, a uh, art form, uh, a, a black art form going <laughs> there's to gotta like be one of the some jazz in Utah, ever. right? Like, there's got to be somebody that has played jazz. And yeah. I, I, I agree that it doesn't fit with, it fits a little bit more yeah. with, uh, you know, a percussion-based city like a New Orleans. But there's got to right. be yeah. Some jazz in Utah, right? There can't be uh, no uh, jazz. Probably, yeah. I would, uh, I would imagine so. But yes, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all good with the, uh, I'm all good with the the Utah. Jazz. I, I accept that's the, that's the world we live in, and of all the problems that we have in the world, I'm not going to get too upset about that one. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, the pioneers and the settlers that would have been the peaks would have been would, would have been okay. But that you know, yeah, that's fine. So uh, my what if scenario? We talked about this on the show uh, a, a oh. bunch, but. My my thing was been how cool would it have been for the early '90s Jazz team to have made a finals at least once, or at least com- be more competitive in in, in the sure. West in terms of making it deeper in the playoffs. We've talked about that before. Like we were very close. We were a lot closer than I think a lot of people think to the the, the 1992 finals being the Bulls versus the Jazz, which right. probably would have gone the same way as '97 and '98. Probably, I still think that that Bulls team probably wins in '92. That was a great, great Bulls team. Yeah. But it would have been a cool series because I think the problem that when Malone and Stockton get there in 97 and 98 and, and the team that's around them, they're just like, they're old. You know what I mean? They're so, they're like a gritty old team. And, and, and the idea is that they're beating up on a weak West in the late nineties or whatever, but they were so much more dynamic in the early part of the decade. And I think that would have been a lot of fun to see Carl Malone when he was still able to really fly and Stockton when he was still pretty fast. And that's not taking anything away from 97, 98, you know, Stockton Malone, who were still very, very good players, but, there was it's just a different vibe from that '92 team, and it feels like people seem to identify only with the old Malone and the old Stockton, not necessarily the guys that were super dynamic. And that that, that was a fun team. That '92 Jazz team, that early '90s Jazz team, was a lot more fun 
than the 97 98 team, which was Malone and Stockton slowing it down to a crawl, and then like Howard Isley and Greg Ostertag. Like that, that team wasn't that fun. It wasn't like go back and watch those games, they're not that fun. They're a very not fun team. Uh, Hornacek is is fine, but yeah, that 92, they're, they're dynamic, they're running around, they're playing a fun uh, brand of basketball. I think that would have been a really, really cool series to see happen, and it was very close to happening as well. Yeah, just worth noting. Um, so if you look at like the 92 Jazz, you know, they played at like a pace of uh, 95.5. Um, and the 97, 98 Jazz both played at like 90, 89. So I assume that's possessions per 100. Or yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, obviously slowed. I mean, the whole league slowed down between those years and like the you know, the mid to late 80s jazz. It's like 101, 103, 105, obviously different roster at that point. But um, but yeah, the, the younger jazz were. Yeah, it was more aesthetically fun team, as you said, like, yeah, Stockton or well, Stockton and Malone both were obviously younger more athletic Malone was just a beast in transition and went up and down the floor. And, um, you know, you watch some Carl Malone like highlights when he's younger and you're like, um, and you're like, Oh my God, you know, the way that he can dunk and the way that he can move. And yeah, he continued to be a great player, but the jazz, the late nineties jazz were pretty lame. The, um, they were early nineties jazz were at least, yeah, a more fun aesthetic team. But uh, I mean, Malone, uh, yeah, the, the idea that people kind of attribute Malone to like the bald guy who's just strong and just backs people down and does like, you know, this little turnaround jumper thing or whatever. Ah, that right. stinks because man you watch him at like yeah. you know 1991 1992 and you're like holy crap sure. that guy that's yeah. like you know he's still strong and he's still tall but he's also dunking all over everybody and running the floor and doing all that sort of stuff and a lot of people kind of your your your, your casual you know basketball fans or people that don't are, aren't you know maybe listening to this show don't necessarily attribute Carl Malone to being as good as he was you know a, 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 as early in his career as he was so yeah I think I, it would have been fun sure sure yeah in, in a weird way uh, Malone I think is like kind of historically iterated now um uh, just, I think, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I'm not crying over that, but uh, <laughs> for sure, but I do think, yeah, but Certain I, I do aspects think that, that have definitely attributed yeah. to him, him being uh, underrated. Right. One of those, we don't, uh, yeah. we don't necessarily disagree yeah. with any of yeah. those, but, but sure. yeah, people, sure. I, I do think that's because like w- when he was on the biggest stage, he was just this like lumbering and, and still good. Like, again, he won an MVP in like 1999 or 2000, right? He was still very, yeah. very good, yeah. but like, it was a different style and a different aesthetic, and it wasn't sure. as fun. Where that 92 Bulls jazz, man, that would have been a fun, yeah. fun series. Yeah. And hell, same thing for the Bulls in 97, 98. They're not that fun anymore, but 92 well, Bulls, think, they're, yeah. they're awesome. They're fun. So uh, yeah. I just would have been a, a much more fun series. Not taking anything away from those series, which are, you know, iconic uh, for the reasons, yeah. you know, multitude of reasons, but it just would have been a different vibe. And I, I think it would have been cool to kind of compare and contrast. Hey, here's the, you know, these teams faced each other five years ago in the finals, and here's what they looked like, and now here's what they look like now. And, you know, in that time, this guy's done this, and that guy's done that. And this guy's retired and he's come. So it's just sort of been cool. And it was very close to happening too. So I, I, I yeah. think that's, you know, what, what I've always enjoyed about it. Absolutely. All right. Ultimate hall of fame hipster Jersey for me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Bernard King. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Spencer Haywood, you know, um, cause you know, either one, you get the irony there. Um, and I feel like, um, yeah, just the, like you, you're, you're proving some cool credibility, um, there, I, I, you know, like things went a little bit better for Spencer. So I guess I'm going to go with Spencer in, uh, that's or, fair. Uh, my yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so for me, I'm going hipster. I'm going pistol Pete, uh, for that one. Okay. Cause it, what, 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 the way I do the hipster one is it's like, it's a little too on the nose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
this guy thinks he's oh I got a pistol Pete Jazz. It's like all right, you know everybody everybody knows Pistol Pete played for the Jazz. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not that cool. Where where the cool kid he's gonna come with a different jersey. Which I you know hey I'll just do it right now. Bernard King because okay. you're gonna roll up with a Bernard King Jazz jersey and someone is right. gonna say excuse right. me. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> like, why do you have yeah. a Bernard King yeah. uh, Jazz jersey? Right. That's sure. ridiculous. And you're going to say, ha ha, but it's not because Bernard King did yes. play for the Jazz. And then you get, you, you know, a great conversation, a nerdy conversation, but a great conversation that you're going to have with and, and discuss, you know, Bernard King's uh, a very short uh, run with the Utah Jazz. And, sure. and, and sure. me and this person will be friends forever now because, you know, I'll, I'll respect yeah. that they knew that Bernard King played for the Jazz. Uh, Bernard did not have a lot to say about his Jazz run one night when we interviewed him. So, um, so he did not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you played with Pete Maravich and Adrian Daly, like for a little bit, like, was that interesting? But yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't seem like you really let's talk about the Knicks. Time, so. <laughs> did you know I played right. for the Knicks? Yeah. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I do. I do. But so, all right, I do. Yeah. Ah, all right. Um, fair enough. So yeah, well, I, so I went, I, I went with with Maravich as the cool kid jersey. I see your point. It depends on how you define the hipster and the cool kid vibe. I'm I get where you're going there. So um I'll get with that. All right. Next we have the Dallas Mavericks. So we've got the Hall of Famers who played Dennis Rodman had 12 games with the um Mavericks in the, the year 2000. Um Alex English, 79 games toward the end of his career. Tim Hardaway, 54 games in 2002. Adrian Dantley, 76 games between the 89 and 1990 seasons at the end of his career as well. Jason Kidd, two separate stints with uh, the um, Mavericks, of course, um, early on in the mid-90s. And then later on, in uh, culminating with their championship year, uh, 500 games with the franchise, 39 win shares total. And Steve Nash um, is your, at the moment, your win shares leader for all Hall of Famers in the um for the Dallas Mavericks, 42.7 and 408 games. You know, had uh, obviously a great stint that helped uh, establish his career before he went back to uh, Phoenix and was the, um, and, uh, you know, and, and furthered it. One of those MVPs and furthered his Hall of Fame case. Yep. So, and then Hall of Famers drafted or acquired, but never played for the Freighters. Um So Mark Price, uh, not a Hall of Famer, but um, 18.2% uh, percent probability in the Hall of Fame. He is the uh, closest to um, being at that point. So I kind of, kind of find that interesting. Yeah. I, I, if you had told me before this, hey, is Mark Price in the Basketball Hall of Fame? I would have said, yeah. yeah. Does he feel like he should Maybe. be in the Hall of Fame? Like, I, I'm kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's not in, but I'm also surprised, you know, like it's one of these weird things where, it's okay that he's not in. You know what I mean? It's like not. I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But I'm also like, really, Mark Price isn't in the Basketball Hall of Fame? Are you, are you sure? Yeah, he was a four-time All NBA. Yeah, um, right. Doesn't yeah, he feel that, like he, might, little... he should maybe be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he had first. He had one first team um, All NBA as well. Um, yeah, I yeah, slightly surprised. I guess now that I think, but I did, would not have expected that many All NBA. Um, that's probably aren't like a lot of people who have. Four or more all NBA no, that that yeah, I, I yeah. It's an interesting note. I'm so, gonna write a note about that of guys who have four or more, you know, all NBA teams and, and either are not in the Hall of Fame or or whatever. Because that's yeah, that does seem right. like a lot. Yeah, that that is yeah, I that that's that's not a big club, so that's interesting. Um, right there. So yeah, we'll uh more to come on uh that. I mean you have a super long career, but you know, was obviously still a pretty uh effective player. Anyway, um all right. Uh, possible future Hall of Famers. We already talked about Dirk Nowitzki, obviously, uh, will be going in. Um, Vince Carter, 95%. Uh, Sean Marion, 75%. 
Amari Stoudemire, I forgot he was a Maverick. 70%. Yeah, John, uh, you've, made a, you've made a mistake, Jason. You are listing uh, Amari Sutter or Stoudemire as a Dallas Maverick, and uh, I am yes. Googling that. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jason, yeah. I'd like to apologize. So. Amari Stoudemire apparently was a uh, a Dallas Maverick, so I, I would like to uh, uh, rescind my uh, uh, my complaint and, and please carry on. Yes. with I, I, I forgive you. Maverick's legend Rondo. Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then, of course, a very memorable stint with the uh, Mavericks or John Rondo. Uh, at, so. So, I, <laughs> I guess, will say uh, one of these yeah. photos I'm looking at is Amari Sotomayor high fiving John Rondo, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, by the way, what's going by on? The way, Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving is at 84, percent so he was traded to the uh, Mavericks after. Uh, the, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we did these notes. So yeah, so. Now we uh, we've got he's their best chance for one for you know after a drink for a while so um, so yeah so uh, so all right what if scenarios I think you should go with yours first because all right let me go with mine so so I've I've obviously right. I've followed the Mavs for for a lot of years people that listen to the show know about that I've been a Mavs fan for for a while and the the two that stand out to me the what ifs are, are making it to the NBA Finals in two thousand three which is a little different than you know maybe you know we'll, we'll talk about two thousand six here in a little bit and and, and some sure. other stuff but I think that two thousand three team I think we see a very different NBA if that Mavericks team does make it to the finals and and even more so if they do win it which is very possible in two thousand three they they can beat that Nets team for sure yeah. um, you know they were a Don Nelson team. Mostly in theory only at this point. Like, yeah, you, you think of ah, Don Nelson Mavericks. All right, here's there's no D in Dallas, yada, yada. They were seventh in pace that year. Uh, their defensive rating was actually ninth in the league, which was true of a lot of those, you know, teams as everybody kind of went, oh, they don't play in defense. It's like, well, no, they, they, they just score a lot of points. You know, now we're smarter basketball fans now and we know what defensive rating and per 100 possessions or whatever. But this team was actually a good defensive team. It wasn't that super crazy in pace. Dirk was playing great. Nash was playing great. They were a deep, deep team. And they played kind of smallish. And they took a ton of threes, especially for that era. I I wonder if that team does make the finals and win it, do we see the NBA adopt and embrace the three a little bit earlier? Do they do they kind of say, well, hey, here's a team that, you know, isn't that focused on defense and 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 is led by a European guy and, and a Canadian point guard or whatever, and and they shoot a bunch of threes. Like, I think that does transform the NBA a little bit as opposed to you can't, you know, you can't win without defense in the playoffs, which happened time and time again. And especially when the Spurs would come and, and and beat them in the Western Conference Finals or whatever, and be like, all right, no, see, that's the team that you need to be. You need to be a team like that. Whereas it would have been fun if that 2003 team had done it. And then the problem too is then the Mavericks freaked out after that season and traded for Antoine Walker and traded for Antoine Jameson and and then went to a team that just played zero defense and said, you know what, fuck, you know, we're not going to even try to play defense. Let's let's just go nuts. And and it obviously ruined uh, a, a lot of. Uh, uh, stuff from that point forward, but I think it's a really fun team. Uh, and I'd be very interested to see if that team did make it to the finals. Then, of course, winning in 2006 that would have been really cool for Dirk's legacy as well. He gets there, he goes up on the Heat, and then obviously he chokes, and that kind of causes a lot of people. The team chokes more than anything. Dwayne Wade's more basically good. That, that's that's what plays into it more than anything. But that would have been fun for him to win that 2006 you know uh, 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 title. It 2011 was great, but but. Him winning in 2006 would have given him a title a little bit earlier in his career and possibly does open the door for him winning more down, you know, later in his career, maybe one or two more. And that might change his legacy a little bit because he, Dirk, I don't know about what you think about this, but it, Dirk still feels like kind of underrated to me. Like, I don't think people quite appreciate how good yeah. he was for as long as he was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, you might be right. And I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I mean, there, he had a, Incredible, like for a while, 
was credibly, you know, at times, at times was was probably the best offensive player in the game um, for, you know, like a good amount of time. Um, you know, I don't know if he was ever clearly the best player in the game. I mean, you know, cause by the time he got to that level, LeBron was close to that level. I mean, um, but he was certainly close and it was certainly an argument. And then, I mean, like, he was the best player in a series that included uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. So that's certainly um, something special. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. It's a little bit, um, it's just one of those things that's really hard to judge. I mean, there was so many, like also he played the same time as Kevin Garnett and he played the same time as Tim Duncan. Right. And all of those guys, you know, played, you know, the uh, similar same position, um, where Star Wars played forever in the same conference awesome. a lot of times too. Yeah. Yeah. Basically just redefined in different ways the game and, you know, particularly what a big man did in the NBA, um, you know, and, and, and helped kind of pave the way for how the game is played in modern way, you know, um, obviously jerk mostly offensively um, Garnett both ways, but particularly defensively and Duncan just in, you know, <laughs> I guess kind of every way possible. Game. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the way that I would say like, if he had not played at like roughly the same time as Duncan and Garnett, I wonder how he would be kind of viewed as differently because like all three of those guys kind of like took each other's spotlight at times. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I would, I, I would honestly agree that I think like Tim Duncan, people don't really realize how, cause then you also have, you know, guys like Kobe who, 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 who you know, take up so much, right. uh, you know, and I don't mean this in like a bad way, but like, he takes up so much oxygen in terms of like who was, you know, a great player in this era. Great. And, and, and you have guys like Duncan, who's one of the most accomplished players of all time. And, and, and guy like Kevin Garnett, who's just incredible. And Dirk, who's incredible. I mean, and, and, and it does still feel like ultimately if you, if he sat most people down and said, Hey, who's the best player out of of these four, most of the people would probably say Kobe. And, and, Yeah, it's just it's just yeah, they all kind of played yeah. at the same time and it made it, you know, all yeah, fighting yeah, casual fans. Yeah, and right, Shaq, basically in the same conference exactly. too. And yeah, hey, there's Shaq right. as well. So it takes up a lot of space. And and Shaq like for that 3 year, you know, 3 or 4 or 5 years was just like kind of seemed like clearly above anybody yeah. else that was it was going on and obviously um yeah, I mean Dirk hadn't quite formed into his own yet. He was he was a good player, but he wasn't quite, you know, at at his best. You know, it's sort of like yeah, that head to head. We we don't need to get too deeply into that conversation. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you pick between who was the best player between between those five. No, it's just so many different ways to um, evaluate who you would say clearly is the best of those five. I, I don't really have a great um, way of determining that. So yeah, I just we had we were blessed with so many great players at so many different times. And yeah, if you play for the Lakers, if you play for a mar- marquee team, um, and you're iconic in other ways, um, like. Yeah, you're going to take up so much space in that conversation, and it you know, does, does sort of take a little bit away from Dirk. But I mean, Dirk certainly appreciated and loved, and obviously, just incredible special relationship with Dallas. So, um, I mean, you know, he certainly gets a lot of due, but it, does he get completely what he should? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. So, so mine's not as fun, but it's uh, the late '80s uh, Mavericks. Who, you know, '88 Mavericks. They took the uh, Lakers to um, seven games in the conference finals. Came very close to making the uh, finals. I mean, they had a very deep team. You know, Derek Harper, Rolando Blackman, Mark McGuire, uh, you know, Sam Perkins. Uh, they had Detlef Schrempf, who's 25, who was on their deep bench. Um, 
you know, and then also like a young potential great big in Roy Tarpley, who you was definitely looking at, at like, you know, um, you know, at that point is kind of like somebody who, um, you know, he wasn't great yet, but he was clearly like had the tools and clearly looked like he could become the next great big band. And then unfortunately, you know, um, drugs and other issues, you know, led to suspensions and, you know, tensions kind of swept the team and they ended up trading Mark Aguirre and getting an old Adrian Dantley. And then things just kind of fell apart. And things really fell apart a couple years later and, you know, um, in the early 90s and they were really, really terrible. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if that team really had like legs to do a whole lot more, but, um, you know, that's probably other than what you're the scenario you put up, that's probably the best one for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's hardly being good would have, would have helped a lot or, or him keeping it sure. together would have helped a lot. Cause that team was, I mean, they weren't that far off. Are, are they a Roy Tarpley right. uh, off? You know, yeah. I don't know, but at least it would have been more of a conversation as opposed to like, Hey, here's a plucky little team that, you know, makes some okay runs in the playoffs, but ultimately like, yeah, they have a ceiling and they're clearly not on the level of, of some of these other teams where, yeah, Freud Tarpley is what he is. And, and man, he should have that. I mean, there was all, he had all the tools for sure to be that guy. Right. Uh, definitely would have been interesting to see how they, they, how, how they navigate the late eighties and, and maybe the, the fall isn't as precipitous as it is in the early nineties where it's just like, this is a laughing stock of the league for basically a decade right. afterwards. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Ultimate Hall of Fame hipster jersey. What do you got? Uh, I am going to go. It's got to be Rodzilla, right? Oh, yeah. I, it's uh, got to uh, be Rodman, man. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's that's uh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of those like, oh, Dennis Rodman played for the uh, the Mavericks. And, you know, you get a fun uh, conversation about the 12 games that Dennis Rodman played for the uh, Mavericks. <laughs> uh, you get to make very, a very memorable 12 stuff. games. There's always yeah. like a highlight, you know, like I follow all these like Instagram accounts or whatever. And it's right. like Dennis Rodman ejected from a game. <laughs> it's like, yeah. man, I've yeah. seen like all of his footage from his <laughs> Mavericks. Day, and none of it's good. It's always no. him, like screaming or fighting or taking yeah. his shirt off or whatever. And I'm like, man, he. <laughs> That guy got all his 12 games worth yeah, that Mavericks jersey, man. Yeah, exactly. All right. The ultimate cool kid jersey, I'm going to go with Steve Nash. I uh, think that's pretty. Uh, I, I'm with you. And yeah. what I'm saying, but it's got to be that because he played in a little bit of that. The classic like 90s Mavericks. I don't want the horse head Steve Nash. Right. I don't want right. that. I yes. want the blue and or green, you know, sure. plain old Dallas. <laughs> that's all I want. That That is the cool jersey as a hell of a jersey. Right. You know, I uh, very much agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do not want the um, I, I think when we talked about Nash with um, the Suns, we wanted to have we, we wanted the um, not the 90s Suns, but the um, or no, excuse me, not the 2000 Suns, but the late 90s. Suns. Yes. You know, yes. The, uh, yeah. So. All right. Uh, the Hornets now. Yes, we've got uh, we got three Hall of Famers who have played for the Hornets. We got Robert Parrish, 155 games, ages 41 to 42, near the end of his uh, career. He got one more stop after that and got a ring with the uh, with the Bulls. We got Vlade Divac, who played uh, two seasons with the uh, Hornets after being traded for a uh, a young Kobe Bryant. And Alonzo Mourning, who began his uh, career with the uh, Hornets and uh, did well to thrive, but uh, decided, hey, maybe Charlotte's not for me. I'm going to go to Miami instead. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's going to be my what-if scenario here in, in, in a minute with, with Alonzo. So I'll, I'll wait a sec, but uh, right, yeah, that's, right. that's you know. All right, fair enough. Uh, Hall of Famers drafted or acquired but never played for the franchise. Here we got Kobe Bryant. Uh, that uh, didn't work out so well with the um, – 
for the Hornets. Oh, I mean, they got two years of Vladi. It's not too bad. But um, anyway, possible future Hall of Famers. We got Dwight Howard, 99%. And you're like, oh, yeah, Dwight Howard played for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't uh, Yeah. I don't know why I do, but I, I do unfortunately remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got uh, Tony Parker, 94%, who, of course, as we mentioned, 2023 finalist. And we got Kemba Walker at 15%. Yeah. They're probably not going to be adding to that resume anytime soon. But. Uh, no, <laughs> I think that might yeah. be uh, that might be it for uh, for uh, Kemba. And, and, and Baron yeah. Davis, 2.3% uh, for Baron. So um, also not what? adding to his case much either. So. No. But I, if Baron Davis made the Hall of Fame, I would, I would, I would. I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, if the committee wants to yeah. decide, you know what? Let's put fucking Baron Davis in. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's put Baron Davis. Let's do it. Yeah, why you not? Know what? Who cares? It's the best Hall of Fame. Do you honestly care yeah. that much about the best Hall of Fame? Screw it. Put Baron Davis I, in there. No, put him in the headband. Not. Yeah, just yeah. Let's let's have oh, some fun. Yeah. So. I that would that would be that would be delightful. All right. So all right, you do do your better. Um, what if scenario first? Yeah, so my what if scenario is, and I'm not, I'm going to avoid the low hanging fruit of not trade Kobe for Divac. Like we all know that we're not doing that. Right. You didn't do it either, I don't believe. So, so yeah. good. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with trying to make a better effort to keep Alonzo Mourning because he instantly turned the Heat into true contenders. And the, the, he were already pretty good when he went there, but when he goes there, they're like, you know, one of the top teams in the East because it's Alonzo Mourning, and he's like went there in his prime to a team that was already good and. The Hornets were kind of the same. They were slowly making their way up the NBA ladder, and obviously, it they they had struggled for a bit. I mean, they they you know early early nineties ninety two ninety three. They're they're pretty close. I mean, they're they're starting right. to feel like they're there. Things right. kind of fall off a little bit in the in the mid nineties, but then they start kind of getting it back on track. And Morning starts becoming a very very good player. And then yeah, he leaves. He goes. He goes to the Heat, and he teams with you know. Riley and, and Tim Hardaway and all those guys, and and, yeah. and it takes the heat to a completely other level. And I was pretty heartbroken as a kid too because I loved Alonzo Mourning and I loved the Hornets. And just yeah, why did did you make a better effort to keep Alonzo Mourning in his prime? And 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 really, just the biggest what if is just not have one of the shittiest owners in the NBA would have probably helped uh, <laughs> a lot of these yeah. what if scenarios that we're going to bring up here in a little bit. Yeah. But like, what the hell, like. They, that was a good team for so long with a great fan base, and they just he just decimated it from a, a bunch of bunch of different things. But uh, yeah, your what if scenario is going to play into that a little bit too, which is kind of interesting. I think a lot a fact that I think a lot of people are not going to uh, believe when, when when you say it. Right. So as you mentioned, yeah, the Hornets kind of you know by like ninety five, they was the first season they won fifty games. They you know made the playoffs two of the prior seasons, and then yeah, and, and again, I don't think I don't think they really want to trade Alonzo Mourning. It was kind of like writing on the wall like they were going to lose him if they didn't trade him so they you know they kind of were forced to do it but yeah like you know but again if like i would say hey maybe don't trade alonzo morning and larry johnson in successive seasons if possible because you know you're two stars and they were um you know and they're both really good players now the hornets actually did pretty well in those because you know they got glenn rice they got anthony mason the Kobe trade ended them like much, and they actually had their two and still best friend best seasons in, in franchise history with 54 wins and 51 wins. Um, and, um, you know, with, with those three guys with, with Vlade, with Anthony Mason, with uh, Glenn Rice. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe keep Vlade for longer because he did pretty well with the Kings. So, uh, that might have uh, been good if they would have been able to, um, to pull that off that might have kept them in the upper rung for yeah. uh, for a while you know and yeah they, um, they made out pretty good on both those trades like obviously yeah. keeping Alonzo Mourning would have been great but they got you know Glenn Rice back and Glenn Rice was good yeah. and they you know keeping Larry Johnson would have also been good but they got Anthony Mason back and like yeah. 
they trading Kobe Bryant would have been bad, but they got like, they always got returns. Right. But then they just they yeah. were the Hornets and, and <laughs> George and they, was the owners. So right. like and, and and they'd won down year and nine or like they were by basically five hundred in the lockout season. And then they they traded Glenn Rice for A. Jones and they actually were good again for a couple yeah, of years. Right. You know? um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then things really started to go bad with Georgeson's reputation, and you know, um, and then you know, then then they end up moving, you know, pretty soon after that. So they just um, tinkered. They were just tinkering so much, and I, I just, I don't know yeah. why they were just always in a. It, I, the real reason was probably they just didn't want to pay their guys or whatever. But it was yeah, just or, they were yeah. always tinkering, and it's like just you right. got the talent, man. Just maybe. Run with it for a little bit. See what happens. Run with it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, we've talked about this before, but it's it's hard to believe. But, like, I think early 90s, I think the Hornets were a were a cooler franchise, at least if you were a kid, than the Heat were. I mean, they definitely oh, God, the yes. colors and, yeah, and the the style and the players they had, especially with Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson was, like, a huge – you know, obviously he was, like, awesome and had that, like, perfect – like, you know, like, had that, like – UNLV attitude and was just like, you know, the grandma stuff was like the perfect, like kind of like a cartoon, but also a badass um, reputation. And, you know, for me at that age, that, that landed with me um, so much. And yeah, I was kind of like a, a, you know, a bit of a Hornets fan just because no, they were, they were a global that, yeah. brand. I mean, they right. were a brand more than almost any other team at that time. I mean, if you weren't around then you, you, you might right. not comprehend just how much of a brand that team was like that iconic sure. logo, the iconic yeah. colors. It right. fit perfectly for the time. Like they were a cool team. They had Bogues, they had morning, they had Johnson. Like right. it was yeah. so fun. And they just, that rep, I mean, they just, ignited that reputation and lit it on fire and, sure. and threw it off a cliff as fast as possible. And by the end of the decade, they're like kind of lame. And then by the mid two thousands, it's like, oh, yeah, the Hornets. <laughs> it's like, right. you wouldn't believe that in 1992, it was like, you know, running around in Chicago. Like I saw more Hornets gear than I saw Bulls gear because oh, the Hornets were wow. cool as hell. Wow. Like, All right. People that's loved a, it. I mean, cause they were so cool. Like the Bulls yeah. were cool, obviously, but like, yeah. Man, like teal purple with that yeah. Hornet logo, like they were great, you know? I, yeah, I mean, Hornet, and then there was a lot in Ohio too. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, people, I mean, I was in, I'm in Columbus, so Cleveland, people don't naturally cheer for Cleveland teams in Columbus. They do sometimes, but it's not like automatic because we've got Cincinnati, you got Pittsburgh, you know, there's there's fans of different cities when you're in um, Columbus. But yeah, Hornets were definitely, I mean, you know, up there in the Bulls in terms of the most popular teams, you know, up that time for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, uh, ultimate hipster jersey. Gonna go with Robert Parrish, although um, I I don't think Tony Parker, you know, about to be in the Hall of Fame, is also a pretty good choice. So, for sure, for sure. Um, I feel like I could give an answer because all three are cool as hell, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out on both of these. 
I can't show right. it. You got right. Robert Paris. That's a cool ass jersey. You got Vladi Divac. Right. That's cool right. too. Like that's gonna work for hipster right. or cool guy. And Alonzo Morning, right. man. You you walk into a building with an Alonzo Morning Hornets jersey, like you're a cool dude. You're you you might be a hipster, but you're also a cool dude. So it's like I, I can't show. I refuse to Both. comply. Yeah. All right, you refuse to comply. Fair enough. Okay, I was gonna go Divac for the cool kid jersey. I will say that the Parish one is the the uniforms were they were still pretty good with Divac during that time, but they were better early nineties than the, the the late nineties ones they made were not necessarily an improvement. So they got a little too busy. Yeah. I got a little too crazy yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Miami heat. We got next. All right. So we've got Gary Payton, Ray Allen, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Hardaway, Chris Bosch, and Alonzo morning, um, on this team. So, uh, they have never, uh, drafted or acquired a hall of famer who did not play for the franchise. Um, and they're featured hall of famers. Uh, Dwayne Wade, as we mentioned, 2023 finalist. LeBron James, yeah, probably going to make the Hall of Fame. I think he's got a good chance, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry, 86%. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Um, Sean Marion, 75%. Kevin Love, who is now a Heat, uh, 73%. Amari Stoudemire, (laughs) who we have, by the way, played for the Heat, 73%. Jimmy Butler, uh, who's 71%. And Joe Johnson, aforementioned, 50%. So, and then best what if scenario, eh, you know, for me, it's like the Heat have pretty much lived the charmed existence thanks to <laughs> um, Pat Riley's belt, blood sacrifice of Bimbo Coles. So, yeah, really not anything. Really couldn't have gone better for the Heat. Yeah, sure. I, that my thing too is the same. It's like fuck you. It's like you know, it's right. like yeah. they, all in all, they've had an insane amount of success given their time in the league. They've pretty much always been good. Uh, they had their first three years in the league where they weren't that good, and then they were good. Then they had a very brief, brief period in the early two thousands, and then a few years in between, but. No, they just sip it good. And I guess the biggest what if would be, you know, winning that last title. It, it, it the, the last sure. one with the big three heat instead of losing to the Spurs. Like it felt like that team was done and it was over and everybody was ready to move on. But does he still leave if they win that title? Does LeBron still say, ah, you know what? I've done all I could do here. It's time for me to go back to Cleveland. Or is that harder to do? It felt like it was easier to do. They got there. They lost. It was like, all right, guys, I did what I was going to do, but now it's time to go back to Cleveland. Whereas if he wins that title, I don't know. I, I've, I've always wrestled with that. Would it be easier for him to say, okay, we've really done all we could do. Now I'm going to go back to Cleveland. I, I don't know. I've always wrestled with yeah. would it have been easier or harder for him to have left and go back to Cleveland? Was that going to happen no matter what if they won or lost? It kind of felt like yes, but I do think it becomes a little harder maybe if, if what if they just blow the doors off the Spurs and they win in four games. It's like, oh. You know, yeah. it seems kind of weird yeah. to be like, all right, bye. <laughs> That's enough of that. Like, I, it, you know, wouldn't that be kind of addicting to be like, man, we got a good thing going here. Let's just keep this going. But, but it didn't true. feel I mean, like yeah. that in the moment. It felt like it was all kind of coming to an end. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty exhausted. It seemed like they were sick of each other. So, yeah, it's hard to, I mean, yeah, could, could they have like eked out a series against the uh, Spurs if things had gone differently? I could see that, like blowing the doors off and like being like happy with each other just doesn't seem totally feasible. Um, right. Yeah. I but, agree. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, um, all right. Ultimate uh, hipster jersey. I, I guess Bosch in a weird way because he's kind of underappreciated and people are still sometimes like LOL Chris Bosch, you know, like not in the same conversation as Wade and LeBron, which like, yeah, I guess not. But at the same time, he was really important for that team. So uh, there's not really a good choice other than that to me. Yeah, and and that's kind of the reason why I chose him as the cool kid because I, I think you and I we have different interpretations, which is fine. That that's what makes this fun. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. me, the the cool kid jersey would be Bosch because you're like, no, 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 respect Chris Bosch, man. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, like I'm telling yeah. you, the guy was better than you think he was. He, you know, here's his numbers, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I like that. I, so I like Bosch as the cool kid jersey. I went with Gary Payton as the hipster jersey. It's kind of hard to come up with a hipster, you know, heat jersey. They're all kind of they're 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 all fine and and. 
Um, yeah, so I, I went Peyton with the hipster and, and I went Bosch with the cool kid for, for some of the same reasons you went with him as the hipster jersey. Right. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, Peyton for me, like, yeah, the, there's no LOL. Yeah, the I think of the hipster one as kind of like, oh, I'm trying to make get a laugh here by getting this jersey on. Um, where the cool kid one for me is more like, oh, I'm trying to prove how cool I am by having this one on. So, um, but yeah, I, I put, I put, um, uh, Hardaway for the cool kid jersey just because like it's you're sort of like oh like Tim Hard I appreciate Tim Hardaway look how like cool I am although Warriors one would definitely be cooler than Heat one but you know you could definitely um, get both on there um, so all right let's go next to the Magic so we've got uh, we've got Dominique Wilkins 27 games in the lockout season to end his career we got Patrick Ewing 65 games in the 2002 series and no. uh, uh no. <laughs> no um we got Ben Wallace uh before going to the Pistons had a pretty strong year with the um the Magic we got uh Grant Hill of course who uh of course had some good moments in Orlando despite you know all the injuries and things that he dealt with during his time there uh we have Tracy McGrady um who only played four seasons with the uh, Magic, but was MVP uh, level, just incredibly awesome there. We got Shaquille O'Neal, uh, of course, who played uh, four seasons with the Magic, leading them to the finals. Very interesting. Tracy McGrady and Shaquille O'Neal uh, both played 295 games in their 10 years with the Magic and only are 0.1 win share away from each other. McGrady 48.2 and Shaq 48.3. So yeah, that's that's why that as close yeah. as, and and couldn't be two yeah. you know diametrically different players, Shaquille O'Neal and Shaq. But yeah, it's you know over these times periods, yeah, exact amount uh, exact amount of games and 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 you know McGrady just 0.1 away from from Shaq in, in terms sure. of win shares is is pretty yeah. damn cool. Gives you some idea of, of McGrady's impact. It's probably a little bit underrated given that, you know, it was the magic and, and a bit of a dead, t- not dead time exactly for the NBA, but like, you know, less glamorous time than, sure. know, than Shaq's played with, with the magic. So, all right. Hall of Famers who were drafted or acquired, but never played for the franchise. Chris Weber, of course, who was traded for Penny Hardaway and several draft picks and Chauncey Billups, uh, who was, um, uh, you know, I, I I have to look. I do not exactly remember how how Chauncey Billups was associated with the uh, Magic, but he never apparently was on their roster and never um, and never played for the French. I'm going to relook that one up and make sure that I'm accurate there. But uh, future Hall of Famers, we got Dwight Howard, uh, 99%, Vince Carter, 95%. Um, my best what if scenario is like, hey, let's say Dwight Howard is like 15% more mature. Could look right, like, right. He makes uh, he makes 90, seven less fart jokes a week. Right. Like how, Could, how uh, much does the, how yeah. much do things change? You know? How much better are the uh, magic if he's like 15% um, more mature? So yeah, and not just like always trying to get traded. Like people don't remember how exhausting like the Dwight Howard stuff was to the point oh, yeah. where uh, again, you know, it, it. You get to the Stan Van Gundy moment that everybody does remember with you know Stan Van sipping on the Diet Pepsi or whatever it was, and you know him talking about Dwight and Dwight's right there, like, hey, what are you guys talking about? It's like, oh, nothing. We're, you know, it's just it got re- it got so it was so exhausting for so long, and, and and it sucks because yeah, Dwight, if he just stayed there and and, and played, you know, things would have probably been you know so much better. And and, and for me, my what if scenario is just. You know, the two huge ones are are, are winning that ninety five title, and, and what happens from there? You know, does Nick Anderson remain good? He 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 nails those free throws, no problem. I'm Nick Anderson, I'm good. And you know, it wasn't immediately after that he fell off. You know, in in, in terms of his career, but it was very quickly. You know, 
people kind of think that he missed those free throws and that was kind of it for him. It wasn't, but it was kind of a thing that always lingered and always questioned and always, you know, and, and it just started to kind of wear on him a little bit. You know, so Nick Anderson remains good. I mean, Shaq, does he stay? You, you know, you have to imagine that it changes a lot of their history. They're probably like, no, Shaq, we're going to give you all the money you want. You helped us win a title, you know, and you're, we're, we're still a very new franchise and we're NBA champions or whatever. Like, you know, yes, it seems more plausible they would just give him a giant bag of money, which again, they should have just given Shaquille O'Neal a giant bag of money. But, you know, at that time, it was like, well, he hasn't won it. A big one yet, or he can't do it in the playoffs. It's like, okay, maybe just pay Shaq a giant bag of money. Don't let him go. Okay, he went out, yeah, he's in the yeah. Lakers now, and now he's All can't right. be stopped. All right, great, perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, you have to imagine that you know some of that changes their history, and then the big one is just Grant Hill staying healthy, and and sure. they they in a weird way kind of backed into a super competitive team with 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 McGrady. Then they brought in Grant Hill, and shit, they may even brought in Tim Duncan if they let his family on the damn plane. But they were like, no, 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 we're not going to yeah. pay Shaq a big load of money and Tim you want your family to be on our plane no what? no thank what? you sir <laughs> like, yeah. take that elsewhere and he's like I will I'm gonna go to San Antonio again yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that was ever confirmed that that was the reason but that's kind of the rumored thing or whatever but yeah if, if right. Grant Hills yeah. you know his foot stays on he's still in his prime combined with McGrady that's a real tough team in a very weak east yeah um yeah, absolutely yeah I mean well I mean yeah they you almost have a chance to have like the big three you know, the something that would have been pretty much the equivalent of the heatles of, of that time with Duncan McGrady and Hill all being on the same team. I mean, that, if you get a chance at that, that's just, that changes a lot about NBA history for sure. Um, and that's a, a potentially dominant team. Even if Hill doesn't healthy, you have McGrady and Duncan together. Um, uh, yeah. You know, any, any scenario yeah. where it's not just McGrady and like Gordon Gierichek or whatever, you know right. what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's, if it's McGrady and Hill, if it's McGrady and Duncan, I mean, if it's all right. three, forget it. I mean, right. that, that they're, yeah, they're, they're dominant in the East, but yeah, just any other right. combination of those two is better than, you know, Pat Garrity and Trace McGrady and, and them still being pretty good with Pat Garrity and Trace McGrady, right. but yeah. you know, right. but yeah. like they're still a pretty good team. So yeah, you can imagine uh, things would have gotten a lot better overall, but you know, yeah. Oh, regardless. by the way, the, so, um, uh, John C. Phillips was traded along with Ron Mercer and Johnny Taylor to the Magic on February 1st, 2004 um, for Chris Gatling, uh, Tariq Abdul-Wahad, and a future first-round draft pick. But um, but uh, Phillips never played for the uh, Magic. So another guy that uh, the uh, – Just keep John C. Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> Phillips. That would have been all right. Yeah. So, um Yeah. All right, so ultimate uh, Hall of Fame hipster jersey. Yeah, you got to go with Patrick Ewing, although yeah. it's extremely sad. In the most depressing way yeah. possible, yes. Right. You got to go with yeah. Ewing. So, all right. Uh, this is very partisan for me, but the ultimate cool kid jersey. I am going to go with oh, – oh, I'm sorry. Actually, you, you – wait, wait a minute. Did uh, – wait a minute. Did you answer Dominique did, did, uh, or did we switch it by accident? Um, you have Dominique on here. I have Dominique. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you. Oh, you, you, yeah, right. you got McGrady in here, but that's right, a wrong right. answer. All right. Yeah, why did – well, all right. Because um, the answer is so. always Dominique. And I, yeah. every time it's been an option, I've went with Dominique because it's Dominique Wilkins. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So I was going – I went with Shaq or um, McGrady. Um, I, I mean, I love Dominique too. I, I will say that, like, the Shaq-era uniforms are way better to me than the McGrady um Dominic era. Oh, know, oh, very so. true. Yeah. So sure. that that adds a little bit for me for um for Shaq, but um, but yeah, you know. All right. The Timberwolves. All right. Well, it's gonna uh, be a big one. <laughs> Strap in, folks. Here we go. <laughs> we got we got Kevin Garnett. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's that's it. That's oh. it. All right. <laughs> oh. Uh, the Hall of Famers who Wally Zerbiak? Are you sure? No. You want to check run run those numbers no. one more time we'll, for we'll me, check. please? We'll double check. All right. Um, yeah. All right, so 
Hall of Famers drafted or required, um, but never played. We got Ray Allen. Possible future Hall of Famers who play for the Timberwolves. We got Chauncey Billups to 84%. Kind of weird that he's not in. Um, I mean, there's some off-court stuff maybe that's accounting for that. But um, well, I, I, I mean, the off-court stuff there, doesn't yeah. – I mean, he's coaching in the NBA. <laughs> it's like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, he's the head coach. I agree with you, but I'm like, it clearly doesn't right. stop him from getting, like, one of the most premier jobs right. in, in right. you know, sports. But, okay, nice. yeah. We had Kevin Love at 73%, Jimmy Butler at 71%. And by the way, Carl Anthony Towns at the moment is at 10%. Obviously, you yeah, can build yeah, upon that, yeah. but, uh, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would have said yes, but I... Right, that's been a little weird yeah, there lately. Yeah, so it, we'll is, see. it is. Yeah. Um, all right, so I will... Uh, so my what-if scenario is basically like, uh, hey, what if you have uh, Ray Allen and Garnett in uh, Minnesota together instead of trading Ray Allen? Um First, Stephon Marbury. That that would have yeah. been a right. Hey, maybe you could have drafted Paul Pierce while you were at it. Uh, you know, a couple years later. Um, yeah, they could have created it. <laughs> Big three, my ass. Yeah. It would have been in in, in Minnesota. Yeah, for now, sure. I'm not yeah, that would work as well. And obviously, there's a whole lot of um, a lot of Glenn Taylor. There's a lot of Glenn Taylor involved. Yeah. <laughs> so right. So you know, I'm not saying that would have actually ever happened or worked out but that's why it's a what of scenario so for sure uh mine is just yeah you know stefan state like you, you said you, you know don't trade stefan marbury for or don't trade ray allen for stefan marbury well you know just keep stefan marbury just you yeah. know you find know, a they, way to right. you know to, to pay i it's stefan marbury and yeah obviously his career went in, in in many many different directions but yeah that team felt like it was around the cost but if you can get marbury to kind of buy in and, and and pay him the you know what he thinks he's worth or whatever that that yeah that's a fun fun team but more than that, just, you know, don't fuck up like a decade worth of drafts to back channel acquire Joe Smith. Like, what are you doing? Why are right. you like, ah, you know what? We can do this. No one's going to care. It's fine. It's, it's Joe Smith. Like, and even with those scenarios, even with the, all those scenarios where Stefan Marbury leaves and they basically can't draft anybody for a decade, they still made it to the Western, you know what I mean? Like, they still made deep runs in the Western Conference and right on the doorstep at the NBA Finals. Man, if they, make at least one with Marbury all in or some actual draft capital. Like I, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, that team was so good because Garnett was so good that, that all the other stuff that they fucked up around it didn't matter because he was still that good. So I, I don't know, man, it, it just don't mess up. You just do something good in, in acquiring players or drafting players uh, for like a decade. And, and that, that's my what if, because things just are totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. All right, so uh, ultimate Hall of Fame hipster jersey. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go off board here now, Kevin Garnett, because there's only one. So All I right. guess I have to choose Kevin Garnett, right? All right, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Johnny Flynn. Eh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, like Hall it. Fame, I like probably. it. Yeah. All right. Ultimate probably. jersey. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, you had to qualify probably for Johnny yeah. Flynn. Probably. Uh, so I thought yeah. long and hard about this one. Cool kid jersey. Kevin Garnett. I'm going with Kevin Garnett. All right. All right. I'm going to go Pooh Richardson. Is he in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> that would rock, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> That'd right. be cool. All right, all right. We'll check that. Okay. We got the Raptors now. And uh, we got uh, we got three. We got Hakeem Olajuwon, who played in the 2002 season. We got Tracy McGrady, began his career there. And we, of course, we have Chris Bosh, um, who uh, played his first seven seasons with the Raptors before moving on to the Heat. Um, Hall of Famers that were drafted or acquired but never played for the franchise. A lot of mourning refused to report after the trade, um, the Vince Carter trade. And so uh, ended up going back to Miami and uh, living his best uh, life in Miami. Our possible future Hall of Famers, we got Vince Carter, 95%. We got Kyle Lowry, 86 Chauncey Billups at 84 Kawhi Leonard at 78 um, I think he's more probable than that. But uh, Sean Marion, 75 and 
By the way, DeMar DeRozan is at 21%. So, um, all right. What is your best what if scenario, Rich? Uh, my what if scenario is Vince Carter hits that shot. And, uh, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer yet. He obviously will be. Um, so, so I'm, I'm adding him into this here. 95%. Sure. He'll, he'll be in there at some point. Um, yeah. He hits that shot, goes to the conference finals. It changes so much with, with that team and its history. And they might still lose, you know, they might lose in the conference finals to the, the Milwaukee Bucks or whatever, but that's fine. It, it changes the history. It changes that team's relationship with Vince. You know, they finally moved past it, I think, in recent years, but it was real bad there for a while. And there was also right. the, you know, he goes to, to get his diploma that day. So then it's like, right. oh, he's not competitive enough. And, and it just, it ruined that entire franchise and everything that, that was and everything that, that, uh, you know, for, that entire Vince run is just so soured because that shot goes off the rim. And then it's like, this guy's a failure. He doesn't compete enough. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't, and all the, and everything was so great before that. And then it was so bad afterwards. And it's just like, man, if he hits that shot, even if they, again, even if they lose in the conference finals, it's still, it changes so much of that team's history. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, that there's definitely that. I mean, even before that, like, if they're able to keep, like, if, this, if they understand what they have in McGrady, they're able to keep McGrady and Carter together. And I, I, I mean, that made dynamic being out of work for other reasons, but um, that's obviously, you know, uh, that's a huge one right there because they, they didn't get anything for McGrady and then he blossomed into an MVP level player. Well, uh, you know, they were looking for a guy to compliment Carter. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was always that. They're like, man, we need yeah. to find a guy that we can match with Vince Carter. And it's like, well, well that guy would have been good. And we had yeah. him. But yeah. nah, anyway, <laughs> regardless. Well, and, instead, they got a Kimelaj one for a year. So, ultimate Hall of Fame hipster jersey is a Kim. So, I don't have the negative connotations with the Kim. No, no, I no. I know some yeah. people do and they shouldn't because he was. Yeah. He was fun on that team, and he was done, and everybody knew he was done, and it's okay. It wasn't depressing. It was like, hey, here's Hakeem Olajuwon, veteran presence. It wasn't like, oh, God, he's still playing. It's like, oh, yeah, all right, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do this. And and he played decent. Like, he had 61 games. He didn't feel decrepit. Like, this is not Patrick Ewing on the Sonics. Like, people attribute that to that, and I I, I don't think that's fair. All right, ultimate cool kid jersey. Uh, I'm going to go with McGrady. I think that one's... uh, you know, I think that's the the coolest one out of these. I, I'm with you. It's it's McGrady, or I'm, I'm double dipping with Hakeem there because that's cool as hell. Rolling right. up with like the the, the you know the, the the purple dinosaur Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon jersey. That's a pretty tight jersey, yeah. but I I will give you that one. All right, we got the Grizzlies. All right, <laughs> this is, this yeah. Is, <laughs> Alan I was Iverson. Laughing. Yeah, I, was, I howled when I got to this part of the notes, and I was like, yeah. oh my. <laughs> All right, we got uh, the only Hall of Famer who's played for the Grizzlies at the moment is um, Allen Iverson, who yep. is uh, played three games for the Grizzlies in the 2010 season. Uh, it didn't go great, surprisingly enough. <laughs> no, so, it did not. I think that's uh, – right. no, it didn't. It didn't go All right, good. the Hall of Famers who were drafted or acquired but never played uh, or, or Hall of Famers or potential Hall of Famers, uh, Dwight Howard. Um, in the 2019 offseason, he went from Washington to Memphis to the Lakers. Uh, this is the second <laughs> offseason in a row that he was traded to a team that released him. So, fun times. Um, Kevin Love, 73%. He was drafted, but then traded for OJ Mayo. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Rajon Rondo, <laughs> not a great trade. <laughs> 60%. Uh, in the 2021 offseason, he had a similar uh, path where he went from the Clippers to the Grizzlies, to the Lakers, did not play for the Grizzlies. So possible future Hall of Famers who have played for the franchise. We got Vince Carter at 95%. We got Pau Gasol, who's a 2023 finalist, of course, listed at 93% in the probability. Kyle Lowry, who is at 86%. By the way, um, Mark Gasol is at 4.2%. Zach Randolph is at 09 And Mike Conley is at 06 Moron, Mike 
Conley in a bit. So best what if scenario. Yeah, mine is, you know, tough given the criteria that we're doing here. And I guess it's just keep Lowry. I mean, I I don't think that much changes with, with their friend. But if yeah. we're doing like, hey, Hall of Famers, it's like, I, you know, it's the Grizzlies. I don't know. They just, you know, keep Lowry and he is yeah. good, I suppose. It's fine. I, I just don't think much. Yeah, there's not really many what if scenarios yeah. with, with the Grizzlies. Maybe don't trade OJ Mayo for, for Kevin Love. But even then, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I change think that. No, I, I really don't. Yeah, there's. I'm trying to think in my head of like, what can I change with the Grizzlies history? And there's not a ton that I can change that I think really drastically alters their their franchise history. Right. Um, and if they were to keep Powell, but they weren't really in a point where keeping Powell made sense. So No, um, no. I, yeah, like, I would agree. Because I thought of that too. And I'm like, nah, it was like time for them to kind of try to something else for a while. And it, it led to some pretty fun years, obviously, you know, sure. afterwards with, 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 you know, the, the, the grit and grind or whatever. So, um, but no, yeah, I, 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 you know, keeping Paul at that time would have been fine, but they had already kind of reached their limit with, with that. So I don't know. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of what ifs. I, I feel bad for for the Grizzlies. It's like, I, yeah, and it's not like the Heat thing where it's like, oh, there's no what ifs because they're just so good all the time. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just the Grizzlies. I, I don't know. Sure, I mean they've been, they've been pretty good a lot yeah. of the time, but but obviously not at Heat level, but. Yeah, so there's yeah, not like one or two little moves that you're like, ah, if they had just done that, they would have been, you know. Yeah. No, nah, they're never, they're not really close you know, in any year yeah. that I can think of. Yeah, they've been like conference finals ish and, and very, very good, but never to a point where, oh, they do that one thing that they have a chance, a good chance at a championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, yeah, if they keep Lowry over Conley's or, or maybe if they keep them both, I guess. Um, yeah, are the grit and grind grizz, are they even grittier or are they grindier? Or are they grizzlier? Um, oh, they might be grizzlier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, are they Kyle Lowry had to grow a big beard or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. They would have right. been definitely um, grittier. Right. I think they would have been less grindy, and I think they would have been a little grizzlier. Right. I so, think. like, it, but it's like, does, does, like, because Conley's kind of like a chill, like, you know, like normal presence. Like, do they need, like, because they've got like a bunch of like personalities there. Do they? Would, is it better to have Conley who's more of like a calming influence? Yeah, that's true. Because Lowry gets real wound up all the time. That probably yeah, wouldn't have gone right. well. That, that might have been too much. That might have been too much grit. So that's true. Also, yeah, maybe too gritty. Right. <laughs> Not enough grindy and and, and less. Yeah. Grit. I forget now what I said. But yeah, that that right. that is an interesting point. That Conley was just kind of like all the other guys are just being just absolute clowns. And there's like Mike Conley, like right. professional athlete Michael right. Conley or whatever. who's just like, yes. come on, guys, let's get this right. together. Where yeah, Lowry would have been complaining and and fighting and going nuts and stuff. Yeah, that that that's yeah. I, I think you're right. That that maybe wouldn't have helped. It may have hurt actually. Right, but then again, like okay, if they if they go with Lowry and they get rid of Conley, if like Conley goes on the Lowry's career path, like he bounces around, he ends up with the Raptors. Like, does he have more acclaim? Because if you look at their career oh, yeah, numbers, for sure, they're almost you know they're almost identical. But um, Lowry has six All Stars to Conley's one. Some of that is because Lowry was in the East and Conley was in the West. Um, and Lowry has one All NBA nod. You know, Conley never got one. Plus, of course, Lowry has the ring. Now, I'm not saying yeah, I'd like if you're going to ask me who's better between Lowry and Conley, I'd, I would probably pick Lowry. But I, I don't. I wouldn't pick Lowry to the point where I think Lowry is like 86 percent Hall of Fame probability, and Conley is 0.6 percent. Like, I, right, I, right. They I don't feel like they should that be that far. Like, no, yeah, yeah, I 100 percent agree. They, it, it, yeah. In my mind, like they're pretty similar. But yeah, then you look at that number, you're like, holy shit, wow. And yeah. it's it's all because the black inks, you know, the, the 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 accolades, I should say, with Kyle Lowry sure. being an all star, being you know, making it. Yeah. So it, it's all those. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting interesting scenario there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, ultimate Hall of Fame hipster jersey. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Iverson. I don't think. Yes, yeah, I am fan. also going to go with Allen Iverson. So. Yeah. Uh, and now, cool kid. I'm, I'm assuming Powell's getting in, so I guess I'm going to go with Powell. Although I guess people get, who don't know their numbers might get confused with it being Mark. So I don't know. Uh, that oh, it's true. Fun. Yeah. Well, that actually works yeah. both ways because you could like you know be like, no, it's yeah. it's you know whatever day whatever right. suits you that day. You could say, no, 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 it's a Paul Gasol. Right. No, 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 it's a yeah, market. Uh, I guess Iverson again yeah. by default. <laughs> it's either yeah. Iverson or Gasol. Or I guess you know Vince Carter if he eventually gets in. I guess a Vince Carter Grizzlies jersey is kind of fun. Oh, yeah. I suppose, yeah. right? Is it like yeah. I actually no, it's not. It's not that fun. <laughs> it's no, not that fun, is it? Yeah. Right. He wasn't that fun. Well, no, actually, no, 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 no. He was kind of fun with the Grizzlies, if I remember correctly. Sure, sure. Like the yeah, Vince I mean, Carter fun thing went like this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out when Vince Carter was fun right, and when he was right. not fun. Me, I can do okay, it very quickly. Right. I, Toronto I like, yeah. fun. First half sure. of Toronto yeah. fun. Second half of Toronto no. not fun at all. No. New Jersey net. I don't think he was fun in the Nets. What do you think? He was he was really good on the Nets, but I'm he was not sure good. He was, yeah, he I'm fun. not sure he was he was that fun. I think there was there were maybe some times he was fun, but I think it was more unfun than I, I would agree. Yeah. So okay. I'm going yeah. I'm going not fun uh for the the, okay. the Nets. Uh not fun at all in the Magic. No. Uh fifty one games for the Phoenix Suns, not fun. Nobody remembers any of those. No. Uh definitely not fun with the Mavericks, but then got fun with the Memphis Grizzlies because that's when he was just okay. like, you know what? I could yeah. stay in the league for another 10 years if I just shoot right. threes and, and yeah. don't care about my numbers. And then he did stay for another five years. So fun sure. on the Grizzlies, fun yeah. on the Sacramento Kings. And Jason, you love this. The most fun on the Atlanta Hawks. Extremely fun on the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With my all time favorite legend. game, yeah. my all time favorite like basketball game ever was right before the pandemic. Right. The NBA realizes they're going to shut down. The Atlanta Hawks realize they're going to shut down. They realize this is it for Vince Carter, and they just like there's like a whole game where they're just like trolling him by being like, "No, shoot it, shoot it, come on!" He's like, "Oh, I don't, I'm just, no, come on!" And they're like, "No, no, no, come on!" Like they all know it's over, it's over for him, it's over for the season, it's over, and they're just they don't care, and they're just feeding Vince Carter shots at the end of that game and trying to get him, you know, some sort of numbers or something. Just just have some fun with him, and I'll I'll always remember that game, and always remember how sad it was that that's how his career ended, but also fun too because it was just like, yeah, come on, you know, go and and. You know, ultimately, he only plays like 12 minutes and shoots like five times or whatever. But, you know, they gave him a lot of standing ovations and stuff and really gave him a lot of love uh, in that final game. So, yeah, yeah, he was definitely appreciated uh, there, which was uh, which is pretty awesome. So, all right, that we're down to one last team. We got the New Orleans Pelicans. No player who's ever played for the Pelicans has, has made the Hall of Fame. Not yet. So, um Possibly in the future, we got Chris Paul, who's uh, definitely, I would say, going to go in. Anthony Davis, I'm pretty sure he's going to go in as well. Rajon Rondo, less like less uh, certain. But um, by the way, Drew Holiday, we mentioned this before, but it was uh, you know, quite a while ago now uh, under the Bucks. But Drew Holiday uh, is at zero point three percent at the moment, which is worse than Jeff Teague. Which this is unbelievable. Um, How is this uh, happening? Yes. Like, so, what does yes. Drew Holiday so, have to do to get? Better than I Jeff know. Teague, like well, he's so I, much he'll better. Probably get, yeah, he'll probably, basketball. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably get there. You know, eventually with more like playoff stuff and more accolades. But, but uh, that number yeah, is got to get redone. I think we said it at the time. Like we have to send it to Basketball Reference. Like you got to redo this number. Yeah. Like something's right. something's yeah. wrong with this. Like it's just there's no way. And and I, I think what will help. He did make the All Star team this year, so that might help a little yeah. bit. True. Um, I'm seeing here that he was a he's a two time NBA teammate of the year, so we got to bake that into the. Oh, there we go. Like yeah. there we go. That's going to get him above yeah. Jeff Teague. Is like right. teammate of the year. Oh, Come yeah. on, 
they don't give those Jeff out. Jeff was never was never a teammate of the year. No, Jeff Teague was certainly never a teammate of the year. Yeah, that's no, got to no. that's got to bump him up a little bit. So let, let's let's yeah, whatever that algorithm is, put in teammate of the year and have that really mean a lot because uh, we need Drew Holiday up there uh, a lot more than he is right now. So we, we absolutely he's made two uh, all defensive teams. <laughs> like he's yeah. made he's made two first team all defensive teams and two second team all defensive teams, and he's worse than Jeff Teague. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? We, we are not doing anything <laughs> good, that's for sure. All right. So, by the way, the uh, the so New Orleans is not bare fit of, um, of Hall of Famers. In addition, of course, to what we talked about with the New Orleans Jazz, the New Orleans Buccaneers, you are, of course, as you know, the 1968 ABA Finals runner-up. They had Larry Brown. Larry Brown in the Hall of Fame. He was uh, he played for that team. Doug Moe somehow not in the Hall of Fame, which is um, which is kind of wacky. Oh but, wow! Um, but, but Larry Brown is uh, of course in, and as coach not as well. Like, yeah, I guess he's just in. I mean, I, more as a coach than a player. But um, yeah, Doug Moe somehow not in the Hall of Fame. We need to do something about that. Well, right, that's so, that Larry Brown played in overalls. Or oh, sorry, sorry, did he coach in overalls or did he play in overalls? He just coached, I, right? He coached in overalls. I don't believe he ever played. Overalls, <laughs> so. We don't know uh, that. I mean, have you watched I every mean, New Orleans Buccaneers game? I have not. So I'm I, I, I have not watched every um, Buccaneers game. So, all right. So, all right. We cannot talk about a Hall of Famer who played for the Buccaneers, but we got we got a bonus topic here. Who is the Pelicaniest player in NBA? <laughs> So okay. We have all right. So they adopted their current name starting in the 2014 season. So, um, all right. So here are some players who have played, you know, significant minutes for right. So, Pelicans. so Chris Paul does not count in this. He is a quote unquote Pelican, but we all know the New Orleans Hornets. Right. He's truly, he's he's really a, a really a New Orleans Hornet. Yes, not right. a New Orleans Pelican. But so yeah. So since 2014, we got Anthony Davis. We got Drew Holiday, who are by far the most in in minutes, both about 14,000. Um, more recently, we got Brandon Ingram. Um, we got Etwan Moore. Um, we got Dante Cunningham. We got Tyreek Evans. We got Eric Gordon. We got Ryan Anderson. We got Josh Hart. We got Darius Miller. So that, that's your top ten. Oof. Anybody in that top ten feel like the most? And I, and I don't think the the Pelicanius has to. Yeah, they have to most best represent the franchise. During yeah, the, yeah. Um, I don't feel like it's Davis. Like I, I'll say right now, no, I don't think Davis no. is the pelicaniest pelican ever. Yeah, it's because just he, because he's, yeah, because they if they were they, if they had been great during that time, then sure, but they weren't really great that during that time. right. So and I don't think he best represents the, that franchise. Yeah, no. And on the flip side, like Drew Holiday doesn't feel like a pelicaniest player either. Right. Like I can't. <laughs> each one more. No, I. I mm, this is tough. This is harder than I thought yeah. it was going to be. I was like, well, this is. Right. I mean, Zion is all the way down there at 16 minutes, right. you know, 16th yeah. in, in minutes play, which is also a, a damning <laughs> thing. Yeah. He's always hurt. Right. Uh, never plays. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I don't – this is a tough one. This is bad for this team, man. I don't know that right. any of these men are Pelican-y. Ingram yeah. kind of, but he doesn't feel like a pelican yeah. player. And All right. Each yeah. one more sport? Really? Each one more? Yeah. Each one more. Yes. God. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. We um, yeah, our Jackson Hayes. We, Jackson yeah. Hayes oh, yeah. Omer Ashik. Yeah. Omer Ashik. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. I'm going to say it's either Zion or Ingram, but I don't feel good about any of those. All right. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. All it right. probably it okay. should be Drew Holiday, but I just like when I close my eyes and I think of Drew Holiday, I don't think of New Orleans Pelican Drew Holiday. Right. All right, so I know that I know that we have a bit on this show where we pretend that they don't exist, but let's put it aside for a moment. 
who is the Bob Caddiest player in NBA history? So, 2005. So what, what bit is this? What, what are you talking about? I don't even know the what you're bit, talking about. The bit that we pretend that the Bobcats don't exist. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, it's not a bit. It's a real thing. We, uh, the Bobcats say, don't exist. Yeah, I don't know about right. you. Yes. The Charlotte Bobcats. Right. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So let's pretend for the moment that there was a franchise. That just for some reason, we're going to have a hypothetical situation. That's okay. Just, yeah. Yes, and they're, they're like, franchise. their logo looks like when you start a video game and it's like, ah, you want to create a new team? Right. And you're like, yeah. And they're like, choose from these yeah. five logos. And you're like, yeah, that one looks yeah, fine. Like, like, all right. Bobcats like, look good. Yeah. <laughs> cat so, looks kind of cool. All right. What are your colors? I don't know. Like right. orange and bluish and kind of purple or so. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So let's just pretend, let's just for okay. sake, there was a, there was a franchise called the Charlotte Bobcats in the NBA from 2005 to 2014. Obviously ridiculous idea. Yeah. Uh, absurd. <laughs> and it's very just, poor. But, you know, okay. for, for the fun of it, because it's a funny idea. Let's just, let's do that. So, all right, so who would have played during that time? Well, we got Jared Wallace, of course. We got Raymond Felton, of course. We got Emeka Okafor. Uh, all of those are over 10,000 minutes. We got Boris Adiao. Um, we got Gerald Henderson, uh, DJ Augustin, Kemba Walker, uh, Matt Carroll, Brevin Knight, and Primo Brezik are your top 10. Yeah, Steven Jackson at 11 there. So, all right, who on this list are you saying would be the Bob Caddiest player in NBA history? The Bob Caddiest player in NBA history, I think, is a Mecca yeah. Okafor. Ooh, okay. Mm. See, I'm going Raymond Felton. I like it. I like it. Yeah, big yeah. old kind of fat, you know, <laughs> just kind of right. filling out yeah. that jersey. I feel, yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like Raymond Felton best represents the effort that was, you know, that was put into <laughs> that, that franchise during those years. I feel like R- Raymond Felton is, is the Bob Caddiest that we could get. So, I like it. Yeah, I, I'm going with Okafor yeah. only because like they drafted him and it was like, right. oh, baby. Yeah, here we go. And he was like this incredible go. college player, and it's like, oh, the Bobcats, look out for them. And okay, he was well, fine, but he was just, you know, a Mecca Okafor. It's just like, yeah, all right, that, but, that guy's uh, yeah. plays in the NBA. You know, he's good. He wasn't bad, but it was just like, yeah, it. it to me, he also represents the Bobcats because it's like, yeah, he uh, he existed for a while. Sure. <laughs> That's kind of cool, right? Like, it's just you know, but, never yeah. that good. Never that significant. You're probably not going to remember that he existed. And you're like, oh, all right, well, cool. So Mecca Okafor actually has a different honor because he is the horny Pelly Bobbiest player in NBA history. Because oh, right. Yes. On the Bobcats. And then, then he played afterward from 2010 to 2012 with the New Orleans Hornets. And then played briefly with the Washington. Was out of the league for four years, and then he had a brief comeback in the 2018 season with the New Orleans Pelicans. Right, so he played for. So he was he was never a Charlotte Hornet, but he was a Charlotte Bobcat, a New Orleans Hornet, and a New Orleans Pelican. So incredible. I I, I do not believe that there is anyone who can claim to be all four. I could be wrong, um, but I do not believe that there is anyone who can be, who has been a Charlotte Hornet, Oof, a Charlotte that'd Bobcat, be tough. a New Orleans Hornet, and a New Orleans Pelican. So um, maybe Mecca could make another comeback on the um, on the short <laughs> yeah. horns, you know, to, to close it out. But I bet um, he's still in okay shape. He's only forty. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at yeah. it now. He's only forty. Yeah, he could he could run for sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. He could, you know, he could give him a ten day. It'd be fine. So, all right, that's it. We we, we did it. Incredible, incredible, yeah. incredible. Yeah. So there it is. Hall of Famers for every single franchise. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, this was, this was fun. This got weird sometimes, but it was, fun. it got very weird, but in a good it got, way. Yeah. 
Tell in the best way. way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the best way. The, the best way. So, yeah. So, everyone, uh, yeah, if you uh, listen to listen to and enjoy this show, and we got a whole lot of shows in the backlog. So, mm-hmm. you go to overumbacknba.com, you're going to find whatever 300 plus episodes that we have done over the years on main topics. And, you know, great thing about our show, even if an episode is, say, six years old, because we've been doing this podcast for a long time, because we talk about history, pretty much everything that we talk about is still germane to what happened today. So um, so uh, most, if not all, of the shows in the backlog, you're going to still pretty much uh, get the uh, same context that you that you would today. So uh, that's the nice thing is our archive uh, lives, so to speak. So, um, yeah, so check out that, uh, you know, if you're uh, on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, we are at Over and Back NBA. Follow us on those channels and we will uh, share things sometimes. And um, if you're into what we're doing, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform to let other people know that we're great and to help um, feed our egos because it's it's very important to us that we feel good about ourselves. And we can only feel good about ourselves is if we get public acclaim from others. So, yeah, of course. Yep. Um, yeah. And um yeah, that is about it. If uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we will be back again soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.